Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Today we have someone on the show who is truly excellent at what he does, and he's focused on sharing that knowledge with other people so that they can be better leaders and more effective at what they do. Today we're talking sales mastery and the leadership lessons we can learn from salespeople and sales leaders. And I'm happy to bring on a personal friend of mine who is not only excellent in these areas, but he's an incredibly generous person, and he is one of the first people I go to whenever I have sales questions as I'm looking to grow my own coaching business. He's on a mission to cut decades off of people's sales learning curves so that they can rapidly scale their results and create time freedom and a lifestyle of their own design. He's rapidly scaled sales professionals' income and revenue by landing new contracts from some of the largest private and publicly traded companies in the world. He's the creator and founder of the Whale Selling System, which is his innovative, disruptive, and highly profitable sales system that continues cutting through the noise to deliver results for his clients. Here is my friend, Ryan Staley. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hello, I am happy to be here, Joshua. Thanks for having me on, brother. So I'd like to start off every interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these questions? Yeah, totally ready. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Yeah, so I would say there's there's a couple, and they were both rooted in, in failures. And one was a failure at when I was a rep, uh, when I was a sales executive, younger in my career, I actually had a lot of success over a long period of time. And then I got complacent and just bought a big house, just moved into the, to a big house in the city. It was in 2009, spent all of our, our money on that house. My wife was six months pregnant and I got fired. And so that was really eye-opening for me because it changed the perspective of how I looked at things and, and how I approached it. Um, so that that's one event I, I think was really, I should say, kind of a, a game changer in terms of how I approached leadership. And so I, I made a commitment to myself that, hey, this is never going to happen again. And I worked harder than I ever did. But then the second event that made a truly massive impact on me was that I was so focused on work and I had the achievement and I had the results. However, I was empty inside. And, and the reason for that was because I was so focused on work. I was one of those people who would have dinner with her, with, with my wife, but I really have dinner with my phone and my wife, you know, cause I was more engaged on what was going on there. I was only around, I, I now had two children at the time and um, it all kind of came to a head when, you know, things were going well at work. However, I just, the rest of my life was empty because I didn't focus on anything else. And so I, I came to when, you know, I came home one day and my daughter was two years old at the time and I, I came home and I, I went to give her a hug and, and she wouldn't give me a hug mm. and, and she wouldn't even come by me. 
And so that was gut wrenching to me and, and really like a slap in the face that, hey, I really this whole all work, no balance in life isn't going to do it for me. Otherwise, I could. Yeah, I could have all the success in the world, but I'd be truly empty inside. So those two things really redefine how I looked at success and work and in life and and really changed the whole dynamic of how I viewed not only myself and my personal relationships, but how I led others through a more balanced life as opposed to a work-only life. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? A listener. Continually growing. And a leader is anti-fragile. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Yeah, I, I think a great question for a leader to ask themselves is, how do I leverage the unique gifts or strengths of each individual employee that works for me that I'm leading? What is a book that you would recommend to leaders? High Performance Habits by Brennan Burchard. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Work on their mental game every single day. And could you uh, talk about that a little bit? What do you mean by your mental game? So like I told you, I, to, to kick off the podcast, I had some challenges in life and I was so focused on strategy and I was so focused on tactics. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Tony Robbins guy. I love his work and I love, you know, Brendan Burchard and a lot of other people. And what I've seen is really if, if you want to get to the pinnacle of life in terms of happiness and success, the more you grow and the more you want to make an impact on others, the stronger you need to be mentally. So just like working out or eating healthy for yourself, I think working on the mental game is constantly sharpening the saw when it comes to, it could be something as simple as productivity. It could be the mental model in which you look at the day it could be gratitude. There's a lot of different facets to it. And it's it's something that because there's so many, I don't want to say um, st- stimulants, but so much you know stimulating activity with cell phones and emails and calls and text, you truly have to be a, a master at your mental game and focus if you really want to continue to evolve. And now we finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Can I answer two ways with this one? Go for it. I would say younger in my career, or if you're younger in your career, I would say why not? You want to take on as many new opportunities as possible. And within those new opportunities, you'll, you'll know what you like and what you dislike and what you want to continue to do and, and not continue to do. And then as you evolve and you take that on, eventually you'll get so many opportunities, you have to start qualifying them and say, okay, why, why why do I want to pursue this? Or why do I want to do that? So you avoid the shiny object syndrome. Now, Ryan, we are here today to talk with you about leadership and sales and some of the things that we can learn as leaders from salespeople. And this is a topic that comes up every once in a while on the show. And I think it's so valuable because there is a lot of crossover. And I think that you have some interesting things to offer today. Now, you are starting something new for yourself. You have this whale selling system. And I'd love for you to talk about maybe a little bit of your journey to get to this point because you're kind of on the cusp of something totally new and, in my opinion, very exciting. So I guess kind of like my journey and how I kind of got to where I was at today is, I mean, I started off really simply. I always had like jobs that were 
kind of all over the place. I mean, I, I was a, a paper boy. I, my family made fun of me saying I was at Al Bundy because I sold shoes for one of my first jobs. I worked in a factory. And so a lot of uh, character building jobs, as I would put it. I even sold yellow page advertising, worked in inside sales, had complex sales, and then eventually evolved into sales leadership to leading sales executives to close contracts that could be as much as $20 million plus for Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies. So it was, it was quite an interesting journey, but there's a lot of character building jobs that were were tough. They were, were really tough. And one of the things that, that happened as I went through that process is there was people that I learned from that, that I worked for, but until later in my career, I never really had a mentor or I never really had someone in the sales profession that said, hey, Ryan, this is exactly what you need to do. Or this is exactly how you could evolve or approach things. And like the, the thing I told you about the mental game, like I didn't really start focusing on that till my, my mid thirties. So what, I, what I'm kind of looking at is I'm saying, okay, you look at whether it be leadership of companies or sales leadership, and often it's focused on what's best for the shareholders or what's best for ownership. And what happens is the, the sales professionals get lost in the mix there. It's a very results-driven job. And so I'm like, okay, how can I compress everything that I learned the hard way over the last 20 years of all those quote-unquote character-building jobs, compress that, and then deliver it to someone who's younger, who, who's going through some of the same challenges, maybe trying to start a family or they're, they're trying to save enough money to get married, or they have debt hanging over their head, how can I help them massively accelerate their, their results in a short period of time by compressing everything that I've learned and then packaging it up and giving it to them, especially around the idea of the whole Pareto principle? Because right now, only about, I think it's if you look at the numbers, this was before the whole coronavirus had happened, but 54% of overall sales executives are hitting their quota. If you look at outside sales executives, it's less than 20%. So basically, there's an 80% failure rate right now because they're relying on sales methodologies that were created in the 80s and 90s. And so that, that's really what's kind of driving me. And it's built around income growth because once you start to, to stabilize your income, in my opinion, there's the opportunity. You don't have that stress hanging over your head. You have the opportunity to uh, create more life freedom for yourself. And it's not about like buying Lamborghinis or Ferraris or anything. It's more around along the lines of like, hey, how can I go, you know, perform at a high level so that I could go to my and coach my children's t-ball game or something along those lines. Yeah. And so th those are the kind of the key things that are driving what I'm doing and what I'm trying to contribute and give back. Now. As you've kind of worked through the the sales arena, you served as a VP of sales, and I think it would be interesting and helpful for those of us who aren't as familiar with sales to to hear from you about some of the characteristics that are most valuable when it comes to sales, either that you have experience as someone in the sales world or as a VP of sales when you're overseeing and leading other salespeople. What are some of those things that really equate to sales mastery? That's a great question. So with sales mastery, I think let's, there's, there's a couple ways to look at it. Let's look outward first, because that's, that's where a lot of people often look, they start with themselves. But if you really, truly 
want to serve your customers or your prospects, it's really about looking at two main components. And there's there's execution wrapped around there. So there's, there's actually implementing it. But there's two strategies. One is more around a, a business case. And the second is more around the people strategy. And, and so if you're looking to master sales, you have to kind of look at and have two plans in relation to those areas because what's happening because of how easy it is for organizations to collaborate, companies are almost over collaborating when they're trying to make decisions. And on average, there's about eight people involved in every sales decision process. So you have to lead and show that you're going to produce tangible results in terms of what you're offering. And then the second piece is you have to understand what each individual's goals and how they're evaluated and their priorities across those eight people so that you could point out how your solution is going to benefit each one of them at an individualistic level. On top of that, you have to work in the right part of the organization. Well, in addition, help them collaborate. Because even though they collaborate, they don't always collaborate effectively. So essentially, you have to, from a leadership perspective, lead customers to the end result that you're desiring for them to get. Does that make sense? It does. And so a few things that I I hear from that answer. First of all, you need to be someone who's able to show and measure tangible results. Be someone who can set goals and goals especially that make sense, not just uh, any any old goal, but to set goals that really do make sense and get you to where you want to go. And then finally, be someone who can who can lead others to see the the desired outcome maybe even before you're able to reach that. Is is that is that accurate? Pretty close, pretty close. The one part about the goals I would say is it's about aligning with the customer's goals. Mm. So each individual person involved in the sales process aligning with their individual goals because then it becomes a a pull instead of a push. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what I'm thinking is you are essentially reaching out to sales leaders. You are able to help sales leaders. And I think it it would be interesting to know how does a sales leader actually use this type of skill to help out their salespeople to help them to see their goals when the salespeople may not be able to fully see them yet? Does that make sense? Yeah. Are you talking like the, the salesperson's individual goals or the customer's goals? So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, say a good salesperson is going to help the customer see their goals or become clear on their goals. But I'm thinking if you are leading a sales team, how are you able to help your individual salespeople get clear on their own goals so so that they are clear as to what they're doing? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Well, I'll tell you the, the way not to do it because <laughs> I've done this and it's kind of like um, it's kind of like speaking a foreign language to them. It's by t- the first way to, what not to do is is tell them exactly how to do it. Even if you know the answer, don't tell them what to do it. The right way to do it that I've seen that actually works is you have to ask them thought-provoking questions around leading them to that. Hmm. Because if you don't do that, then it's it's in one ear, out the other, probably 90% of the time. If you ask them questions, that flips on its head. It's it's probably about 90% successful if you're asking them, like, how working through something or how if they essentially, like, here, I'll give you a simple example. 
one of the things that tenured sales reps hate doing is prospecting. They just hate doing it. They're like, hey, I'm, I'm a tenured rep. I don't need to do that anymore. Um, and so if you correlate it, though, and bring it back to their goal and say, OK, how are you going to achieve your goal if you don't do that? What specifically are you going to do? Maybe there's a, something that they've thought about that you haven't. Maybe it's a referral system that they're leveraging or something else. So, uh, yeah, I would say questions is, is really the key to making that happen. So talk a little bit about the, the whale selling system. What do you do here with this system to really help people to get clear on their goals and to really have that income growth through sales mastery? What I've kind of done is, is broken it into multiple different facets. And so if you look at it, the, the first step is getting clarity around your goals. And so that's, you know, it's a great question that you asked. It's like, hey, how do they achieve their goals? Step number one is gaining the mental clarity around why you, you want to accomplish those. And the other is, is more around the technical mechanics. And so that part alone is something that has been used in, in masterminds that people typically pay $25,000, $100,000. So it's best practice is taken from ideas around that. And then moving forward, there's the system, which is essentially the strategy component, the sales process, and the execution. Right now, and I've, I've talked to multiple sales leaders, multiple sales thought leaders, I mean, consultants, you name it. And one of the commonalities that's shared is like, hey, it's broken right now because you have you probably have like 17 or 20 different methodologies that are all based around individual pieces, whether it might be around the sales process, it might be around a system, it might be just around you know, how to meet with a customer, but there's nothing that wraps all those together. And so that's, I think, the secret sauce in this is really doing that and providing that. And then at the same time, it's all driven around what works today. This is all based on results. This isn't based around, I mean, because Joshua, think about how much has changed over the last 20 years. Now think about how much has even changed over the last 10 years. It was right when the iPhone was coming out, right? Where people were on Blackberries. I think Blockbuster video was around. Maybe that's a little bit longer. That's an exaggeration, but you get my point. So if if you wouldn't rely on a piece of 20-year-old, even 10-year-old technology for your personal life, so why would you run on an operating system that's 10 to 20 years old for your career and your livelihood? 100%. And as I think back across the last year, I, I have come to see the value in investing in in knowledge to really help me to get to where I want to go faster. And that was a concept to me that was pretty foreign, except for except for for higher education. That was that was something that, you know, I, I went to college and, and that's not a foreign concept. But paying paying externally to really to to grow faster through getting other people's knowledge from learning from other people was kind of a foreign concept to me. What is, what is the thinking as far as, as, as the cost benefit analysis when it comes to paying up now in order to get information that will help you be more effective in what you do in the future? I invest a lot in, in the same thing. I'm, I'm kind of like you where I previously had just leveraged school or articles or things like that. And then the more I kind of looked into it and the more I've implemented or, or, you know, basically whether it be a course, whether it be coaching, whether it be a mastermind. And I, I didn't just see like little jumps. I saw exponential jumps fast, mm -hmm. 
for me, that that was life changing. I mean, that was one of the things that helped me turn my life around when I was I was going through the struggle that I mentioned at, at the beginning of the podcast. And so, in terms of the ROI, it's going to de- be dependent on the knowledge that you're trying to acquire. So, like for example, like the leadership knowledge that you're sharing on this podcast alone. If someone just listened to every single episode and and took notes and was very specific. And this is free. This isn't even a course, right? If you did this, there's some amazing people on here. If 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 someone who wants to really level themselves up in leadership and try to apply one thing from every podcast episode, there'd be massive gains for that person in terms of career development. You look at sales, here's the other thing. I mean, the thing that's easy easy about sales too is it's tangible. So one big deal for an enterprise rep could equate to anywhere from seventy-five to one hundred thousand dollars in commission. Seventy-five to one hundred thousand dollars in commission, even on the low side. Let's take fifty, right? Just take fifty. If you invested, let's say, I don't know, let's say ten thousand dollars for a course and a workshop or something like that. That's not what the my program is by any means, but let's just say you invest ten thousand. That's high, and let's say you get an extra deal a year, just one extra deal a year, and it's fifty to seventy-five grand. After five years, even at the 50 grand mark, that's a $250,000 increase in income on a $10,000 investment. Yeah. That's insane. Like if there were stocks like that, or there was other investment entrants where I can get that kind of return on investment, I'd be doing it all day. It's just the big thing is you got to put in the work. You actually have to learn it and implement it. And if you do that, I mean, the sky's the limit. You can level up so fast. So- as I'm hearing what you've just said, the, the the truth is there is there's so much opportunity out there, and we use this trite phrase "invest in yourself," but there's so much there's so much truth to that. There are so many free things out there that we can learn from other people, but sometimes it helps to have that that concentrated training and information. And there's there's so much value to be learned from people who have had concentrated experience in a specific area. One thing that I think would be interesting to hear from you is, in your opinion, what is your most enjoyable challenge when it comes to sales? I like the, I like the big, complex mountains to move, I guess. I mean, that, that's kind of cool. And along with that, I, I guess it would be, I like, I like helping sales executives, sales professionals, sales leaders even win career making deals. And they're out there. And the, and the reason for that is because like, there's a lot of things where, you know, you're only one funnel away in marketing. Russell Brunson talks about that. That guy's awesome. I love him. But like, you're only one deal away. I've seen it where it could materially change the outcome and direction of a person's life if they're able to secure a big deal. And it's it's not just about income. Income's great. But what what is really cool that happens is if you're able to do that, in order to execute on that, you have to develop deep, strong relationships with with people in order to make that happen. And so what really blossoms outside of just the, the financial results is our beautiful relationships where you get to learn, probably kind of like you with this podcast, how you get to have so many different people on. You get to learn from some of the, the smartest people in their field that are at the top of the food chain. And it's just so cool. And then you kind of deconstruct what they did. And then you're like, Hey, this, 
they're just normal people like, like you and I, that like, I can make this happen. And then you start to believe in yourself. And, and so it's a whole transformation of mindset and, and, and growth and learning. It's just a virtuous cycle. It's really cool. And as you talk about these, these really career shaping deals, there's got to be some nerves involved, even if you have a great relationship and a, and a great relationship develops from the work that you're doing with a particular organization or a particular person. There's got to be some nerves involved there. Do you have any advice for people who are up against those big monumental deals or decisions or moments, whether you're a salesperson or whether you're a leader in a different setting do you have any suggestions on how to face those and to grow into rather than shrink away from those opportunities? Yeah, yeah, I have. A, so it's one word. It comes down to one word and it's it's relevant whether it's someone trying to convince a customer to buy a big contract. It's relevant if you're trying to get that raise. It's, it's relevant to so many different parts in life. And I would say it's it's simple and it's it's prepare. So what I've seen is a lot of people in the sales space think they could just wing it or go off the top of their head. And if they actually take the time to write down the questions that they need answered and think about the scenarios and, and, and play through their head, like, okay, if this person says this, then I'll, I'll approach it like this. If they ask me this question, I'll respond with this. So almost like mental role-playing with yourself and, and preparing um, it, just a simple preparation can move mountains when it comes to that. And an example of it I give is, you know, when I was a sales executive, I, growing up, I worked on inside sales, which was all just calling over the phone, make like 250 dials a day. It's one of those character building jobs I mentioned. And so in doing that, I remember where I would get nervous about picking up the phone because the person was going to ask me something that I didn't know how to answer. So then I wrote every, all the possible objections that person could come up. I wrote down all these different scenarios. And then if I got something new, I would just kind of add to it. And before you knew it, I started organically being able to respond to any objection on, on site. Same thing happened when I transitioned to face-to-face -to -face outside sales. I would get like almost anxiety attacks. I'd feel like an elephant was sitting on my chest. It was hard to breathe. I would get nervous before every appointment. And then I started preparing and, and really narrowing down how I was going to approach it, mentally go through that. And it started to do wonders. So that, that's my tip. That's good stuff. And you happen to have a tool to help people prepare. I'd love for you to share a little bit as we begin to close down this interview today about your well-selling system and the free web training that you provide for it. Yeah, sure. So the, the free web training, it's designed to help sales executives work through a down economy right now. So that's the number one focus area for that is, okay, how do you not just survive, but thrive and perform at a really high level now when, when things are, are tough, when things are challenging? And if you do the right things now, you're going to set yourself up for an amazing future. That's really what, I, and what I'm doing now in terms of live web training. I think the link will be in the show notes. So if anybody wants to jump on, there's, there's no cost to it. It's free. There's some really cool things. One of the things I got in there is how to prospect to get into any size customer of any organization. There's some really cool tricks in there. Um, some of it's around what's possible for yourself. And then the whole system, I, like I was saying, is it's designed around helping you work on an operating system 
that's going to work in, in 2020 and beyond, not something that was created in 2000 or 1990 from someone who hasn't been on a sales call. I mean, this essentially helped net 30 multi-billion dollar companies as customers and contracts that they were massive, but it works all the way up and down the chain from small and mid market to, to enterprise. So I'm really excited to share it. And, you know, if you, if you like what's in the webinar, there's an opportunity to, to get that. And, and there's some really cool bonuses that I got on there as well. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you sharing today with us some things we can learn as leaders from sales. And I encourage any of you who are interested in learning a little bit more, go to whalesellingsystem.com slash free web training. And that is going to be in the show notes below or on the podcast webpage. And Ryan, before we go today, is there anywhere else that you would like people to go if they wanted to learn more about you and the work that you do? Yeah, I would say just um, something really simple. If you want, I know we were talking about content. I, I post almost daily on LinkedIn. So if you want to check me out on LinkedIn, just type in my name, Ryan Staley. I'll pop up on there. It was VP of Strategic Accounts. I'm now going out on my own and, and doing my own venture so I can serve people at a higher level. So just check me out on there. And I post almost daily anywhere from mental components to leveling yourself up in your sales game. And so it should be a lot of good content for you there as well. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. It's been awesome being on. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ryan today, and I encourage you to check out his free training at whalesellingsystem.com slash free web training. Or you can find that link in the show notes by scrolling down in your podcast player or going to lifeasleadership.com slash 083. Now, let's go ahead and go to today's three key takeaways. The first one is this. Understand people's individual goals so you can show them how you can help them reach their desired outcome. This is true in sales and this is true in leadership. And that's one of the reasons I love these two different but also overlapping areas. There are a lot of insights that leaders can pick up from salespeople and this is one of them. And the second key takeaway is maybe a precursor to what I just said. Sometimes before you understand other people's goals, it's important to make sure you have mental clarity around the goals you want to accomplish because this is going to affect how you approach other aspects of your life, including how you interact with others. And the final key takeaway is Ryan's one key word that will help you overcome nerves and achieve career-shaping moments, and that word is this, prepare. Be sure that you've done the necessary preparation so that when the time comes, whatever that time means for you, whatever that thing is for you, make sure that you have done the preparation so when the time comes, you're ready to go and you're ready to meet that challenge. Once again, if you want to connect with Ryan or see what he has to offer, be sure to look in the show notes in your podcast player or at lifeasleadership.com slash 083. Now, be sure to join us later in the week. We're going to be hearing from someone who's just written a book on the four stages of psychological safety. There are going to be a lot of really actionable tips and insights for you in your leadership role. If you've not yet subscribed to the show, I encourage you to go ahead and do that so you can be getting new episodes as they come out twice per week. And when you do that, if you would, leave a rating and review for the show so that when other people do find us, they know they've come to a good place. Regardless of whether or not you do any of those things that I just asked you, I do have one more word of encouragement for you. Keep living and leading well. Well. 
Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist... It feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and, frankly, better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon, and until then, keep living and leading well.